you know, every project is just its own, its own beast. And so this one was particularly pleasurable. I mean, there was such commitment on the part of Sandra and Aquafina to to dive in and to, to make it work and make it funny. I mean, Aquafina's the way that her brain works, it's just there's always a humor faucet that's nice and hot, you know. Welcome to Bitch Talk. I'm your host, Erin, here with my co-host, Ange, a.k.a. Captain Party. And over the last 10 years, we've been elevating marginalized voices through interviews and events. Sometimes over a glass of whiskey. But if you're thirsty for more bitches, find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram. A big thank you to 48 Hills and our listeners for voting us Best of the Bay Best Podcast in 2022. And now, on with the show. Hey, Bitch Talkers, we are so excited to welcome director Jessica Yu of the film Quiz Lady, which is opening November 3rd and starring Aquafina and Sandra Oh. Thanks so much for being on Bitch Talk. Thanks for having me. If you can do me a favor, can you introduce Quiz Lady to our audience? Sure. Yes. So Quiz Lady is a comedy where Aquafina and Sandra O oh play very different sisters. One is an introvert, one's an extra, extra, extrovert. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they're thrown together when they have to settle their mom's gambling debts in order to get back the one thing that uh, Anne, played by Aquafina, cares about the most um, in her life. And that is her dog. Yeah, Jessica, I mean, I was, it was so much fun to watch a sister comedy, which I think there are very few of, at least in my world. So I was really excited about that. And as a little backstory, I have four older sisters and the sister that's closest in age with me, we live together. She's a CPA. She had a dog, RIP Bailey, and um, she's obsessed with game shows, like obsessed. So I was just like, what is happening? And and let's say I'm her eccentric sister. Does that sound right, Erin? Be nice. Oh my gosh. Are you gonna are you guys sure. gonna sue us? Sure. No. <laughs> no, but I think maybe you've been spying on me. Uh I'm checking my house for cameras, but but no, I just I, I really loved how you were able to show just the comfort with which that sibling relationship is. It's just a comfortable relationship, whether you're different or not. It's just really comfortable, but still super complicated because yeah. even though you have these collective stories and collective trauma, you just don't deal with them in the same ways. Totally, totally. So I agree with you. Like there's not a lot of sister comedies out there, right? And certainly mm-hmm. Asian American sisters, no, right? Like, yes. like So that was really uh, appealing. But the other thing is, yes, I have an older sister and her. So uh, Sandra O's character's name is Jenny. My sister's name is Jennifer. <laughs> I don't know how she's going to feel about that. But <laughs> there's something about the sibling relationship where as we go out in the world, we like to think, oh, I'm an adult. I'm a grown up. I know how to do this. And then when you get with your siblings instantly, it's like you're back in you know, middle school and yes. you're getting teased about stuff. And you just feel like you've never gotten quite beyond who you were with them. And that's a wonderful thing too. So in the mm-hmm. film, we were trying to explore like, yeah, that there were things that you experienced together that really crushed you, but there's also some strength in that, right? And it's trying to figure out how to reclaim all of that. Mm-hmm. That makes it sound very serious, but it's also just like very, you know, light, fun comedy. Right. It is, but it's also very <laughs> real, all of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Very well, real. Because you know, we were spying on Angela, so, you know. Well, yeah. Her I'm- 
And we watched it together. I was like, I think we should watch this movie together. And we were cracking up. It was really fun. It was a, a good bonding moment. <laughs> oh, yay. That makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica, you you have a history of directing uh, docs, drama series. But, but what's the difference in directing a comedy? Oh, man. You know, it's always every project is different, right? Even two comedies are very different. But I find with um, comedy is that if you, I like comedy where the characters are emotionally grounded in some way. It can be very tenuous, right? Um, but if there's an emotional reality to the stakes, then you become engaged beyond the joke, right? So character work is really important. But the other thing I'd say was that it, I feel is different is just you want to keep that freshness and spontaneity. So I don't like to rehearse a lot for, with comedy rehearsing and talking about it, working on the the script together and all that, that's that work you do. But on the day, like just make sure you're in place to get that first take because so much of that comes out of the, the moment, the first time it happens. Um, so that's like the broadest strokes I can think of. Um, but, you know, I would say like, you know, every project is just its own, its own beast. And so this one was particularly pleasure, pleasurable mm. um, because we had the chance to connect. We actually had uh, like a, a year before we started shooting, I was in London working on a project. Um, Sandra was working on last season of um, Killing Eve. Mm. Um, Aquafina said, hell yeah, I'm going to join you guys in London. <laughs> when are we going? <laughs> and then Jen D'Angelo, who wrote this very funny script, she came too. And so we were all like talking and bonding and you know, layering in um, stuff about the sisters, especially their experiences, East Coast Asian American and mm. um, being uh, kind of the the black sheep of their own family, all those things. And it, that was just so creatively satisfying. It was really, really pleasurable. So that was, I think, different from a lot of other projects I have where you don't have that long lead time and you don't have, I mean, there was such commitment on the part of um, Sandra and Aquafina to to dive in and to to make it work you know and make it funny i mean aquafina's the way that her brain works it's just there's always a humor faucet that's nice and hot you know yeah i love that and it doesn't have to be outright comedy like she's telling a joke or anything but she just does things in a certain <laughs> way um, I'm glad that you brought up the, the difference between even East Coast Asians and West Coast, because I don't think that gets talked about enough, uh, just because we're all Asian American or even specifically Filipino American or Chinese American. It doesn't mean all of our experiences are across the board are the same because it, it's such a big country. Yeah, there's ways that also, you know, again, it's like having things be so specific for these characters, I think, of course, gives them more to play with, makes them more real. But also what we wanted to do is make it very specific so that we know who they are, but we're not signaling to the audience, like, this is the only interesting thing about these characters. Like, you know, some in the past would be like, oh, here's like the nerdy Asian guy. Like, and that would be the only thing that he would get to play, right? So here we wanted to look at like, okay, so the mom is Chinese, Chinese American, but she's first generation. The father, you know, they, they split up. He was second generation Korean American. And, you know, it's implied that he's from the West coast. So they were like the cool cousins, like trying to <laughs> see how all those things might've added up to how the sisters um, experienced life and, and felt about themselves. So. 
I mean, yeah. we're talking about Sandra and Aquafina together, but I do have to say I loved uh, Aquafina and Holland Taylor's scenes together. Mm. And do you, because Holland Taylor's, <laughs> you know, come oh, on, come on <laughs> yeah. already. But can you tell us about um, just their scenes together and directing them? Sure. So in the film, so Holland Taylor, I've worked with a couple of times. Love, love, love her. And so super excited that she agreed to come and play with us. In the film, it's like she kind of plays like the ghost of Anne's future. Like if Anne (laughs) continues in her lane, she can turn out to be just like her next door neighbor. And so, you know, there's this scene where you think that they're going to connect on this level and it's kind of like they just talk or <laughs> Holland's character kind of just talks right past Anne and you realize, oh, that, they, that's one thing she can't really connect. But it was a really uh, great opportunity to have like a different kind of comedy in there. I think with Holland, she's so purely that neighbor. She's so purely mm-hmm. this person who knows everything about life and has figured it out and everyone else is a fool. And then just watching the discomfort as Anne sits on her couch and tries to pretend like she's kind of hanging with everything that she says. Um, so again, it's those kind of dynamics, figuring out what that dynamic is in the scene and then letting your actors loose to, um, you know, to 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 live in that. Whoever yeah. added, sorry, and whoever yeah. added that fanny pack to Holland Taylor's whole outfit. <laughs> I'm so glad you noticed the of fanny pack. Oh, of course. Oh my gosh. That was my, I, I was, uh, for some reason, like I always pictured her with the fanny pack with just all the things that she needs, even though she always. never really leaves the house. Like yes. That's the <laughs> I mean, I think that's, uh, maybe it's because, you know, I use my, the pockets of my cargo pants sig- similarly, and I want to normalize it. So. No, Jessica, we wear exclusively fanny packs these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you get older, it's not good for your shoulders, those purses, you know? That's that's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. This helps kind of like center your your gravity, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, but speaking of favorite characters in the movie, I have to bring up Mr. Linguini because we're oh. both dog people. So that dog was so sweet and I wanted to ask what it was like working with a dog but I'm convinced in some of those scenes that was a stuffed animal because he doesn't move very much you know <laughs> like he's is, not moving this is the magnificent thing about pugs is they really don't like to move a lot and this is actually like so I worked with pugs um on Lady Dynamite which was Maria Bamford's show um, she's also obsessed with pugs so I kind of knew like when I read the script and he was a pug I was like yes because they really like they're so chill in a way that is they still have personality right like the way they sleep but we had a wonderful dog named Crosby his and his understudy um Cookie who but it's really like it's it's Crosby I mean he's virtually the on when he's on screen it's Crosby um but I think Cookie has like a one shot but Crosby was great he's big guy and he has an unusual tail like usually it you know curls up like a little you know donut and his kind of flops out um but yeah no it was really it's also nice to have a dog on set i think because there's certain things that like the crew has to be attentive to the dog being comfortable we're all like attuned to how much time they need and just making sure they can concentrate and because you know the dog doesn't know that you're shooting a movie right and so (laughs) i just find like it's yeah it's just like a nice grounding element and um except for the fact that Sandra turns out to be allergic to dogs. <laughs> so oh. that was like a little, 
you know, a, a little puzzle to figure out, but it all worked out fine. Yeah. He's such a pro. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything. And there's a bit in the film uh, that involves a certain iconic actor comedian that passed away recently. And I just want to know, was that written in early, mid, late? When did that bit come up? Early, early. Yeah. Really? That was very early. Yeah. Mm. We were just so, uh, you know, it was, um, so it's a, a cameo role we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of names um, tossed about. And uh, when this person's name came up, we were all just so excited. We thought, oh, is, would he do it? Would he do it? And um, most gracious person, we just feel so lucky that we had that experience. And um, yeah, I mean, you just think about how, um, yeah, how much this this person meant to everybody. Mm -hmm. what a, it was it, a treat. Yeah, yeah, it was a joy. It really was. Yeah, it was so unexpected and definitely brought some tears. <laughs> yeah, eyes, but it was it was nice. It was really yeah. nice and nice hilarious. Yeah. I mean, yes, and perfect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is that yeah. is without spoiling it? Is that a was that a real thing? For this person like was he confused with this other actor yes or? oh yeah 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 no, that's a, that's a, <laughs> you can google it it's like uh yeah. it's a thing okay <laughs> i didn't know that either yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> it made sense well that does kind of bring me to my my neck the next point i wanted to bring up was um for as funny as this film is there is a really important message about the importance of memories because at, at the end of the day, that is all we have. I've been thinking about that a lot. We've all been experiencing a lot of loss. Yeah. And um, if you could just talk about trying to put that message into this story and um, not just having memories, but also revisiting them because sometimes they get skewed in our mind and it's important to revisit them for clarity and comfort. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point, because I feel like, especially like during COVID, everyone was just longing for connection, right? And everyone was going through a really hard time. And so somehow in looking at the relationship between these two sisters in the film, it's like, they're kind of estranged, they're kind of like fed up with each other in different ways, or they want to, they wish the other was a different way. And so there's a a, a way that when you're not satisfied with your own life, the frustrations in wanting to fix others are greater. And so with the sisters, it's like part of their route forward, part of the route to, you know, to, to embrace themselves is actually appreciating the other and how they're different and also what they experience together, because for these sisters, they had a pretty traumatic growing up. And so it's easy for all of the bad memories to um, take center stage. But there's something about realizing, God, we got this to, through to, through this together and the things that they um, experienced together, small and big, like there's some strength to be taken from that. And so that there's a closeness there that you can recognize if you can sort of get past everything that irritates you about your relationship. <laughs> you know? What do you mean? It's a fine line. It's a fine line. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did want to bring up um, Will Ferrell is a producer, but he's also kind of one of the lead actors in this film. Can you talk about um, that kind of relationship with your producer, but also having to direct him and someone like Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell is just 
the nicest human being and also super, super funny. And so, yes, his um, company, they were the production company for the film. And so uh, we were just really excited that he also wanted to play this role because obviously that's two very different things. And I think he was really excited about the possibility of this character also being something a little different than he usually plays. So some of that um, uh, was rewritten for, for him. And, uh, but directing him, he's such a pro and, and such a gracious person that it never feels like, oh, you know, um, that you're having to change everything for Will, you know, like, oh, Will's in the building. He's just there to like be a team player and and um, just the atmosphere. There was so much joking between like him and Aquafina and um, <laughs> Jason Schwartzman. Oh. <laughs> and, yeah, that, you know, just felt like uh, it was just such a fun place to be in. And that's the other thing. We had so much fun working on this film and there's always, of course, time pressure and all that, but everybody was so game and prepared and enjoying being with each other. That part was really, really special. Yeah. Yeah, I did want to bring up because I, I read that you were handed this script with Sandra O oh and Aquafina already locked in as the leads. That yeah. sort of feels like kind of winning the lotto, right? Can you talk about where you were yeah. in life when you were handed this script? And it's like, I, I kind of have to do this, right? No questions. Right, right. Well, you know, I was given the script and and knew that they were attached and I just fell in love with it, but I didn't actually meet with them about it till a few months later. And then, you know, just had this love fest. But like you said, I, I was really like, what did I do in a former life to like deserve this wonderful <laughs> package of goodness? And um, so, yes, I, I could have just not even read the script and been super excited, but then reading the script and seeing how funny it was and imagining them in these roles. It was just, um, yeah, I know. The hard thing is, you know, you have something like that. It's like, okay, like the first time that you're on a flight and for some reason you get bumped up to first class, right? <laughs> and you're like, what? This is how this can be? And then <laughs> the next time, you know, you're in a middle seat in the back row and you're just like, oh, it hurts. You're ruined, yeah. Yeah, it's ruined. So I'm ruined. Yeah. Totally and ruined. your career here ended on a high note. That's fine. I, I know. Well, no, no, no. nobody's working kidding. right now. So I mean, it just sometimes does feel like, are we going to get to make stuff again? But yes. hopefully soon, hopefully soon. Yes. It's been hard that the actors have not been able to um, join in and uh, see the audience reaction, which has been, you know, really delightful. So yeah, it's kind of the best part of the process, right? It's one the one time where you get that real direct response. Yes. Yeah. And it yeah. feels really good. Just, I mean, I love, sometimes I get like a little bit emotional when I'm in a crowd, like when I go to see like, I don't know, a band or something and everyone's feeling the same thing. And then in the movie theater too, that's, you know, you, you just realize there's just something really delightfully human about that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So there's another scene that I don't want to spoil too much. But uh, that I was one of my favorites, and it was reminiscent of a scene that we also loved in a, a film called Book Smart, the yeah. drug drug tripping scene. I mean, I <laughs> was laughing the entire time. It was perfect. Can you talk about how you direct something like that, or do you just hand it over to like VF VFX folks, or how does that even happen? Sure. No, no, it's a good question. So. Um, it was very outrageous and funny on the page. And I was like, I want to do this, but I also want to do this. And so, um, and then it's a matter of like, 
finding out, can we do this, right? Um, so involving the effects. These days, it's very rare to hear a no. So that's that's good. Um, <laughs> and so then there's storyboarding. And then uh, for me, it's like getting references to the... Um, there's some elements that come in, <laughs> you know, some some sort of surreal elements. So trying to get some photo references for they should feel like this. This part should feel like that. This should be photo real. And so it's kind of like a, you know, uh, a little kit then you give to your visual effects team mm. and they come back. And it's, so it's a lot of back and forth. And the thing that's always frustrating, I think, for VFX um, uh, people is that until it's finished, finished, you know, you have to trust that people know where it's going. And because sometimes it'll, they'll, they'll give all sorts of caveats. And then when people see it, they're like, well, but I thought that the clouds are going to be moving. And they're like, yes, it will be. <laughs> um, but in this case, yeah, I, I was so happy that basically the the way it worked out the way that I wanted to initially, like there was not a lot of compromise that had to be done. But I was so excited that there was a drug trip sequence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need more of those. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was relatable. I thought you were gonna say it reminded you of something in real life, Aaron, but we won't get no. into that. We don't no. have enough time. Okay, I, know. So it, it I is, wish it was that cool though. I wish it was that cool with the cloud. I loved it. I know. It is kind of a just say yes sort of sequence. You know? like, yeah, I don't oh, know if that was supposed uh, to dissuade us from wanting to try, you know, but right. yeah, it's just yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um so so Anne watches this game show obsessively because it's sort of her comfort blanket. So I was curious if, if you ever watch any game shows, if you have a favorite and also what is your show or movie that you watch when you need to feel comforted that maybe you've seen a million times? Oh, that's a great question. Okay. So in terms of game shows, like growing up, um, I, there wasn't anything that I was really obsessed with, but like, I remember um, like the price is right was kind of fun. Yes. And then the, um, and, you know, Wheel of Fortune more for the, just the puzzle aspect and then Family Feud because people mm -hmm. say ridiculous <laughs> things. Um, and we got to visit the set of The Price is Right when we were working on the look of the show. Oh, so that was fun. Really, really fun. Uh, was, there plink all of was there Plinko? Plinko, <laughs> yes. Plinko's the best. And there were, in backstage, they have all of the setups, like all of the, you know, set pieces for all the different games. It was really, mm. really fun. Um, but yeah, movies that I love, like as movies that we watch as a family a lot um little miss sunshine is a big big one mm. and um we also love and this is weirdly a comfort film mad max fury road <laughs> that oh. is a great film right and it but it's one of those things it's like a fable like when it starts you've got to watch it all the way to the end and if you have jet lag and you want to stay awake you watch it because you have to watch it play out all the way to the end so Oh, those two wow good tips tip. yeah thank you <laughs> well well before we have to wrap up I do want to ask you I mean bow ties play also another big role in this film right and I read that um you wore a bow tie in your hair every what was it every uh during every principal photography is that true and I did. are you wearing one today or no I'm not yeah oh. no, my hair is kind of flat today but no, yeah no. Just, stick one on the back of my head but we had there's many different bow ties and I just felt like I I I'd said it in a production meeting like I'm gonna wear a different bow tie every day and then one of the producers Alex Brown she was like we're holding you to that and so I was like okay oh the bow tie thing. <laughs> I'm trying to bring that in the fanny pack 
back. Do it. It's oh, like, it's back. It's back. <laughs> Come hang out with us. It's like yeah, full steam ahead on, on this end of the wherever you're living. I don't know. Come to San Francisco. It's yeah, back. We're, we're we're always wearing our fanny pack. Well, we've been speaking with director Jessica Yu of the film Quiz Lady. Thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk. What a pleasure. And what a oh. fun movie. Thank you. We need Yes, it. thank you. Oh, thank you. It was really fun talking to you guys. And, you know, I'm from the Bay Area, so I'm glad that you guys are here representing. Thanks for joining us on today's show. You can find more information about this episode in our show notes. If you're missing us, you can visit us at bitchtalkpodcast.com to sign up for our newsletter and buy us a cup of coffee. Did you know we're also on the radio? You can find us at bff.fm. And lastly, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All the cool bitches are doing it. This podcast is a proud member of the bff.fm podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. bff.fm, best frequencies forever.